listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to share with you how the power of God continually can flow in your life. We're talking this whole week about never-ending victory. And I'm going to tell I'm going to show you a key tonight that keeps you on top. A key of the Holy Ghost that many people neglect or act like it's not important. But I want to show you from the word that it's truly a key to many things that you didn't think that it was a key to. And that's the supernatural and overwhelming power of the joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The joy of the Holy Ghost. And um, of course, I have a couple of announcements for you as well that, uh, of course, this is the last day of April, if you can believe it. We've gone through April. (laughs) And uh, I saw somebody posted a meme online that said, this is a 2020 is a leap year. It's kind of a different leap year because it's got 29 days in February, six months in March, and five years in April. (laughs) But it's the last day of April, if you can believe it. We're crossing over tonight into a new month. And I'll I'll be the first to start by saying thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another month completely healed by the power of God, completely blessed, completely free from every attack of the enemy. And we're stepping into the month of May, which we're calling our month of miracles in Jesus' name. May is going to be a month of miracles. And uh, one of the things that I talked to you about, if you joined us on today's broadcast, I was just giving you keys and tips to uh, study in scripture because tomorrow we're starting our uh, Bible reading challenge. And if you're going to join me through the month of May, we're going to read the entire New Testament together. And it's it's so easy to do. It's only nine chapters of the Bible a, a, a day. And uh, we're going to send you a Bible reading plan. Not only are we going to send you a Bible reading plan, but we've created a page on the website that has several videos that will supplement your your reading, videos that I've already released on how to study scripture, uh, how not to make common mistakes when you're studying the scripture. And so if you're already a part of our uh, email family, if you get emails from me already, you don't have to do anything. In the morning, we're going to send you Uh, an email that has the PDF download and everything in it that you'll need. You'll have all of the uh, stuff that you need for the main reading plan. But let me say this, if you're not yet a part of the email family, um, this is coming up. This is what's starting tomorrow, the New Testament challenge. We're going to read the New Testament in 30 days. And yes, I know that um, there are 31 days in May, but I gave you a grace day you know, in case somebody misses a day or something like that, you won't be out of place. And so you can go to miracleword.com forward slash study, miracleword.com forward slash study. And on that page, uh, we're hosting several videos for you to watch. Uh, It'll have the information. If you are not signed up to receive emails from me, you can do it on this page. And in the morning, we're going to be sending out the uh, PDF with the Bible reading plan in it 
uh, that you can follow along with every single day. So you do not want to miss this. We're believing for a month of miracles in May, and we're going to get them in Jesus' name, and God's going to bless us. And so this is what we're going to do. And if you want to be a part of it and you're not signed up, once again, if you are already signed up and you receive emails, you don't have to do anything. You're going to get the email. But for those of you that don't get emails from me, that's where that's where you need to go and sign up and we'll send it to you in the morning. As well as, don't forget because it's May, we have a brand new Miracle Word Kids Challenge as well for all your kids. And so in that same email, you'll not only get the Bible reading plan, but you'll get all of the new information for Miracle Word Kids. And you'll be able to click through and get it all for the kids and everything. It's going to be awesome. May is going to be such a phenomenal month. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. So I want to encourage you tonight, share the broadcast. This is going to be uh, a night that's going to shake your spirit up. And I'm going to show you how that this will take us to the next level. One of the things I told you about recently was, and I may write a book on it later on, but I know this to be true, that you can feed yourself, what I'm, what I'm calling tonight, whether it sounds corny or not, you can feed yourself victory fuel. You can literally feed yourself victory fuel. And when you do, when you take it in, it prepares you for never-ending victory. You know, it's, it is important what you feed yourself. It's important how you think. It's important what you hear. It's important what you say. And you can streamline your spiritual diet with victory fuel. And I'm going to be talking about that tonight, what that means. Thank you, Martha. We're going to talk about what that means. And if you didn't get a chance to share the broadcast, take a minute to do it because this is one of the most important subjects that we could talk about as believers. If you've got your Bible, I want you to go with me uh, quickly to the book of Romans. And I, I love to start here because I want people to see how vital of a message this is that we're getting ready to share with you. Romans chapter 14, and um, we're going to read one verse of scripture there. And then I'm going to show, I'm going to take you through and give you four or five things that joy accomplishes in your life that you may not know. Look at this. Let's go here. Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see that? The kingdom of, of God is not a matter of what you eat or what you drink, but it is righteousness it is peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Love you, Brother Daryl. So the kingdom of God, if you look at what Paul was teaching, is made up of three elements. Righteousness, right standing with God. Peace and then joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy seems to be the one that people push to the side. It seems to be the one that people act like is not that important, sadly. And they miss out. They miss out on what God has planned for them because they choose to ignore supernatural joy. But see, if you're going to have never-ending victory, then you have no choice but to operate in supernatural joy. you got no choice. It's the fuel for success. Joy is the fuel for victory. 
I want you to write it in the comments. If you're taking notes tonight, put that down first. Joy is the fuel for victory. Put it in the comments. Joy is the fuel for victory. And I promise you that that's the case because we know that joy comes from the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not, I'm not talking about an emotion. I'm talking about a supernatural endowment, a supernatural power, which is joy. Joy is the fuel for victory. Joy is. You know, I was doing a, a study on this, and I wasn't even meaning to, to end up with a study on joy. And, and uh, I was reading just a business book that I'd gotten from Barnes & Noble, and I was going through it. And there's a professor from Pennsylvania who was doing a study about why people share things. You know, why, why, they, why do you share an idea with somebody else? Why would you ever tell somebody about something via word of mouth? And uh, one of the things that he ended up having to do with his colleagues is study the psychology of men and women, study the emotional state of men and women. And this man was not a Christian. It wasn't a Christian book. And uh, he said he was surprised to find after 10 years of research that every emotion that a person could have causes them to move forward and take action except for depression. How interesting is that? After the study, they found every emotion that a person can have makes them move forward and take action except for depression. He said, if you're in love, you go out and do something. He said, if you're angry, you go out and do something. He said, if you're um, excited or celebrating, you go out and do something. He, he went through every emotion. And then he said, but if you're sad or you're depressed, that is the emotion that actually causes people to retreat into solitude and many times lock themselves away. And if you have any experience with depression or you know anybody that's battled chronic depression, you know what I'm talking about. That when somebody battles that, not only is there tiredness that comes upon them, but there's also that feeling of isolation. I want to lock myself away. I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like going out. I don't want to be around people. I just kind of want to be alone. And, and that feeling of depression isolates you. And even these men who were not Christians, just you know, professors and some were psychologists, said we found that, that depression makes you retreat, isolate yourself, and stop moving forward. Isn't it interesting that the very thing that the enemy tries to use to destroy God's people is the thing that stops people from moving forward. Isn't that interesting? The devil doesn't want you moving forward. But notice that joy, I mean, they've shown how that there are even different chemicals that are released in your body when you have joy, when you laugh, when you're, and then there's different chemicals that are released in your body when you're under stress and then you're going through issues and, and it causes different uh, chemicals to be released in your body when that takes place. And so it really, even though these are psychological issues in the world's mind, we know they're spiritual issues, but from the world's viewpoint, they're psychological issues. But isn't it interesting to you that they take a toll on your physical body? Have you ever heard the term stress-related illnesses? Stress-related illnesses things that 
cause your body to become sick that have an entrance into your life through stress. I find it, I find it interesting when, uh, I find it interesting when a doctor tells somebody, well, I think you should just find something that you enjoy doing. You know, find a hobby that makes you happy. I mean, like that's medical advice (laughs) that people are getting today. Find a hobby that makes you happy. Stop doing so much of this or that that causes stress and do something that makes you happy. Well, why are they telling you that? Because even they understand the key is to get out of stress and depression and get into happiness and joy. Brought to you by Diet Cherry Pepsi. And so what are they telling you? They're telling you, try to get to a place where you're not going through so much stress, so many issues, so many problems, and get to a place where you have joy or happiness. Now that's in the natural realm. Find a hobby. I'm going to give you something better tonight than find a hobby. (laughs) The Bible speaks about what this is. And it's not, uh, and it may, listen to me, it may manifest itself in the mind chemicals that are released in the body, that may be the manifestation or what takes place in a physical body when you're going through this, but the Bible calls it a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of heaviness. If you're in the word of God, you can go to the book of Isaiah and you can go to the 61st chapter of Isaiah and listen to what the prophet Isaiah wrote. He said in verse three, I will grant those who mourn in Zion and give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. So there is a spirit of heaviness that tries to attack God's people. You have to be someone who understands how to walk in overwhelming joy and step into your strength because there is a spirit of heaviness that the devil would love to use to destroy your future and your life. So what do you do? You have got to be filled to overflowing with the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost, the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost. And that is fuel. I call it fuel for victory. It's fuel for victory. Why? Because number one, it fills you full of life. Life. The joy of the Lord fills you full of life. In uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, let's go there. Excuse me. Proverbs 17. Let me turn there. Listen to this. Now, this is years and years before doctors had medical knowledge like they do today. Years and years before it. Proverbs chapter 17, listen to verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, the Bible says. But a crushed or a broken spirit dries up the bones. Hallelujah. That was Isaiah 61.3. I just read Proverbs 17.22. A broken spirit, what does it do? Dries up the bones. My daughter is learning in, uh, she's, our, our kids are homeschooled, and my daughter Maddie is learning uh, about parallelism. And she came to me, she said, Dad, what's parallelism? They say they use it in the book of Proverbs. 
And I said, well, you know, that's when they parallel two thoughts to prove a point. That's when they say one thing, as one thing is true about this, the same thing is true about this. And they use a parallel so that you can see uh, an analogy or an example of how both things should be true. And uh, this is, this, that's, why, that's why this scripture for so many years uh, eluded me. Because I would read Proverbs 17, 22 and think to myself, what does one of those things have to do with the other? What does one of those things have to do with the other? The Bible says very clearly that a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. I thought, dries up the bones? What does that have to do with joy giving you a, you know, a, a supernatural medicine to make you well? What does the drying of the bones mean? And then the Lord directed me to start studying uh, and he had me turn to the book of Leviticus and showed me the verse of scripture that says that the life is in the blood. And then of course we know that your blood is produced from the marrow of your bones. And that brings a whole new light onto what that verse of scripture means. A joyful spirit, a joyful heart is actually like a medicine to your physical body and your soul, but a broken spirit, a heaviness, a heavy spirit, a depressed spirit. What does it do? It literally chokes the life out of your body, dries up your bones, dries up your bones. The life is in the blood. The blood is produced from the marrow of your bones. It literally chokes the life out of you. When the enemy succeeds in putting that kind of a depression or spirit of heaviness on you. He's choking the life, the victory, the food of victory is being choked out of your body. But a merry heart, hallelujah, a joyful heart. It's like medicine to your physical body. We have a good friend of our family and we've been friends for many years. And this man and his family were pastoring in a certain area of the country. And my father and mother have known them for a long, long, long time. In fact, his church, when he pastored in this church, I saw a supernatural thing happen to my mother. In the middle of a revival, the power of God hit the service. My father was holding a revival at this man's church. Power of God hit the service. And my mom came unglued and danced and she danced and she danced at the altar. She danced through the whole service. And even when the service was over, she was still dancing. She was still dancing in the Holy Ghost. I had never seen something like that hit my mom so strong as it did in that night in that revival. And she danced and danced and danced and the service ended and she was still dancing. And this was the pastor of the church where that revival hit and took place. Well, obviously not everybody in the body of Christ is kind. And there were members of his own church that were very unkind to him. And there were members in the community that were trying to give him a hard time and uh, harassing him, truly harassing him to the point where he felt the the weight or the anxiety of that unchristlike ad- atmosphere and attitude. And as, as some pastors do, and I'm going to tell you, there's many pastors. That's why you should love your pastor. That's why you should support your pastor. You should bless your pastor. You should sow seeds into your pastor and encourage him and his family as they stand in the gap for you and your family. But they weren't doing that. And, and so he was feeling 
uh, the harassment of those people. And it almost, the, the devil used it to try to get him to quit. The devil used it to try to get him to quit. And he thought maybe I'm having a mental breakdown. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's time to quit. And he called my father and told him all about it. And my dad said, get down here to my house in West Virginia. And so he came. I can remember this plain as day. Uh, I was, what, not even a teenager yet, I don't think, probably 12 or 11, maybe a little younger. And I remember Pastor Mark came and came to the house and he was, you know, he was in a, in a bad state, ready to quit, ready to quit the ministry, ready to quit pastoring, just, just leave it all behind. And that it had had a heavy effect on him. And he, he was, he was shot. And, um, my dad said, come down here to the house and stay with us for a little while and, and everything. Was just, well, I, I knew my dad was having him come. I gave up my, my bedroom so that brother Mark could stay with us. Happy to do it. And he came and when he came to the house, I, I was thinking to myself, man, I wonder how my father is going to, what he's going to do to help brother Mark. I wonder what he's going to do to, there's going to be a prophetic thing take place here. I, I wonder what's, I wonder if he's going to lay his hands on, anoint him with oil. You know, I'm thinking all these thoughts as a young boy, I'd seen my dad in many revivals. I'd seen him pray for people, miracles happen. And I knew brother Mark was battling, it, 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 you know, this, this was an attack, no question. And I said, I wonder what my dad's going to do. I wonder how he's going to, to handle this situation. And Brother Mark arrived at our house, and the, my room was prepared for him. He stayed with us. And uh, we came down to dinner on that first night. And Brother Mark sat at the table, ate with us. And then afterwards, I thought, well, here we go. Dad's, something's going to take place. Dad's going to do something, and the power of God's going to fall. And uh, my dad said, Brother Mark, let's go into the living room. And so we went into the living room. And then dad sat down on the couch and brother Mark sat down in the lazy boy chair and kicked the, uh, the footrest out and dad put on a movie. We put on and, and every night, this was the routine, have dinner, go into the living room and put on a movie. Some nights it would be the three stooges. I'm telling you the absolute truth. Some nights it would be Abbott and Costello. Some nights, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. And we put on these comedies. And there were some others. I can't remember all the movies. There were comedies. And I sat back and watched. And there in that chair, a man who showed up at the house looking like he was ready to quit, feeling that heaviness. We just went in there and watched Mo poke Curly in the eye. Larry hit Mo over the head with a frying pan. And I'm telling you, that he just began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And we laughed. I'm just telling you, we laughed and laughed. And I remember Brother Mark sitting in that lazy boy chair. And I can remember him throwing his head back. If you know Brother Mark and if you'd ever heard him laugh, he threw his head back and would laugh, scream laugh. I mean, he would, he would scream laugh. I can, I can still hear it in my mind. The scream, the scream laugh that was the every, ah, you know, he, he would, until we were crying, laughing. And can I tell you that <laughs> that heaviness just began to lift? It just began to lift. Of course, the Lord was touching him 
And I'm sure my dad did pray for him. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was an interesting thing that each night, that didn't seem like a very, uh, and I wrote about this in my book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat. And I thought to myself, well, that doesn't seem like a very uh, uh, spiritual thing. That doesn't seem very, quote unquote, prophetic. But the more you understand what's happening, that the joy of the Lord, a joyful spirit, a joyful spirit is fuel for victory. (laughs) I can still remember hearing him laugh. And he'd scream, fools, (laughs) fools. (laughs) A joyful spirit is fuel for victory. Let me just tell you something. If If no one's told you this, let me tell you. You have to guard your joy. It is one of the most precious elements of your life. Trust me when I tell you, guard your joy. Guard it. Hear hear what I'm saying. Life is very short. You can read uh, the book of Ecclesiastes and understand that life is very, very short. It's very short. It's like a vapor, the Bible says. And so it's too short to continually allow those that are joy, thieves of your joy, to continually enter into your life. You know, there has to be boundaries of your own life and joy that you've got to learn how to guard it. And there will be, trust me, there are plenty of people that all they take joy in stealing other people's joy. You may know who I'm talking about. You may know people like that. They take joy in causing problems. They take joy in walking in drama and issues. They take joy in always having something going on. They always got some kind of a thing going. I cannot deal with that. My life is too precious. My family is too precious. My peace in this house is too precious. I guard it so violently. I refuse, and you have to be like this, I refuse to allow people to have my valuable time. And I don't, I'm not talking about ministering to people. I'm talking about people that want to be your friends and always hang around you, but they're always, they've always got a problem. They've always stir up trouble. They've always got drama. I don't have time to yield myself. Doesn't mean I won't pray for them. Doesn't mean I don't hope the best for them. Doesn't mean I won't mention them to the Lord in prayers and fast and stand on their behalf. I'm not saying any of that. But I refuse to let my joy be stolen by people who just want to live in turmoil. And there are people like that. They somehow thrive off of turmoil. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. Joy is your victory fuel. It's your victory fuel. And you've got to guard it with everything you have. I agree with Glenn. Brother Glenn and I think the same because I say the same thing. This house is a house of joy. My wife and I made up in our minds. We anoint every, anytime we've ever had a property, purchased a property, lived in a place, we anoint it with the with anointing oil and we declare, God, this is your house. This is your house. We give it to you. We give it to you. Let your presence be felt in this house. Let your peace, let your joy, let your love, no bickering, no complaining, no fighting, no issues, no problems. And if people come to visit us that are battling in their spirit 
an attack of the enemy. It stops at the door. It stops at our property boundaries in Jesus' name. All of that. Think about, I think of it this way. Our home is like a filter for every wicked thing. That even if someone come, comes to visit us, as I was just describing, as Brother Mark came to visit us when I was a young boy, all those things must be left on the other side of the door because our home is a filter. And the blood of Jesus is that filter that makes every wicked thing stay far from our home. There can be no fighting, no issues, no complaining, no depression, no anxiety. A spirit of fear doesn't live in this house. A spirit of depression doesn't live in this house. Have you ever been to someone's home and you could actually feel that they allow that kind of a spirit to be prevalent in their home? Have you ever felt that? You can sense it. You can sense it. Let me just tell you something. You don't have to be a Christian to sense it. I promise you that. Since we've bought this house, I've told you this. We've had people that come over, workers have come, contractors, people that do handyman style work and all that. And we've had people come to our house that are not Christians. And you know what they tell my wife and they tell me, man, I'll come back here anytime you want. I like working at your house. You know what they say? They said this out of their own mouth. I can feel such a peace in your house. Well, what in the world is a, is a sinner who does, who's not even connected to the Prince of Peace? What in the world are, are they saying to me? I come into your house and I can feel peace in your home. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be a Christian to be able to feel the peace of God. I remember I was preaching one time, and as I was sitting there preaching, uh, I looked at I looked down in the second row, and here's a dude sleeping, completely out cold. It wasn't one of these like you know. Have you ever been like this? Have you ever been like real tired in a service and you just keep going? You know, like you're you're doing one of these like this, and it's like the pastor's preaches and you're like and you're popping back and you know what happens now? I'll give you a little trick. If it really hits you hard, we're like you you hit a hard doze like that. Let me just give you a little trick from somebody that's been in church since I was two weeks old. If you hit a hard doze like that, you have to go all out and pretend like it was for real. And you got to act like you're just very much agreeing with whatever the pastor says. It goes like this. If you're like, amen, amen. He's pre- that's it. He's preaching the truth. Praise God. No, I, I, the guy wasn't even trying to hide it. This is how he was seated. He was in the second row, arms folded, kind of a heavier guy. So he was able to, kind of like me right now, to be honest with you. And he was laid back, and and I mean, chin to chest, wasn't even hiding it. It was like this. It was like this. Just completely gone. Gone. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I mean, I know I'm not the best preacher in the whole world. But I'm way better than this. I mean, like, than this? The guy's not even trying to hide. He's not even doing me the service of trying to hide the fact that he's sleeping. And uh, and the Lord revealed something to me that I had never known before, never seen before. And, of course, he was later saved. He came to the altar to be saved. But, you know, the Lord showed me something. He said, when people, and maybe you've experienced this, he said, when people come out of a life of turmoil, and, and, and you know, I have been blessed, and I thank God for this. And if you've been blessed with the same, you should thank God. But, you know, I came from a family of peace and joy and love, and I thank God for that. It is a blessing. 
But I also recognize many people have not. Many people have not come from a home of love, peace, and joy. And the Lord revealed something to me. He said, when people come into my house and they live in a house of turmoil and a house of uh, depression or anxiety, when people come into my house and the anointing's moving, he showed me this. He said, people feel a peace on their life that they've never felt before. And it's so wonderful that many times, and I promise you this, I've seen it happen. People will just fall off into a peaceful sleep. They don't get peaceful sleep at home. They don't get peace with their wife or husband. They don't have peace on their job. They don't have peace with their family. And there's people that come in, they're not even serving the Lord, and they feel that for the first time. It's like, what in the world is this? It's the peace of God that passes all understanding, all understanding. And so it's like walking in and we've had people come into our house and say, man, your house is so peaceful. They're not serving the Lord, but you know what they feel? They feel the dedication that my wife and I have had to saying, God, this is your property. This is your house. Joy will be in this house. Peace will be in this house. Love will be in this house and will not have anything different than those things because those are the attributes of the mighty Holy Spirit. By the way, if you've never thought of it this way, the fruit of the Spirit are the personality traits of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit are the personality traits of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you want to write that down, it's helpful to know and understand it. The fruit of the Spirit are the personality traits of Jesus Christ. And so the overwhelming joy of the Holy Ghost is necessary if you're going to walk in victory because it is a fuel. Hallelujah. If you've heard me preach about it for any, literally for any period of time, you'd have heard me quote Isaiah 55, 12, where the Bible says you will go out with joy and be led forth by peace. And so one of the things that I try to uh, teach people is that joy is a force that pushes you or propels you, while peace is a force that pulls you. It says you shall go out with joy and be led forth by peace. You'll go out with joy and be led forth by peace. So joy is a propelling force. It gets behind you and pushes you into your purpose. It's a strength. It's a supernatural strength, and the Bible teaches that. It teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's found found in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I remember this. I'll never forget this story. I'll never forget this. Uh, I was contacted. I'd, I'd never, I'd never seen this before. This was earlier in our ministry. And, uh, so, you know, as many people didn't know about me then, and we got, I had never had this happen before. Someone out of the blue who didn't know me at all, literally had no connection with me or my family, nothing simply found me on Facebook, like just found my ministry Facebook page. And he was a pastor 
And he, and he sent me a message via Facebook. And he said, I was praying today and the Lord spoke to me to contact you because I came across your Facebook page and the Lord said to me, this is the man that I want to come and hold a revival at your church. I thought, that is interesting. I'd never had an invitation that came that way before. Someone who'd never heard of me, didn't know me, and the Lord spoke to them specifically, he's to come hold a revival at your church. And so I said, well, I'll pray about it. And I did, and I felt the green light from the Lord. He said, go. Well, I went to this church, and the the pastor of the church, I got to talking to him, and he had this a similar he had a similar experience as me in that his whole family were ministers just like mine, except instead of Holy Ghost preachers, his whole family was Southern Baptist, didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, miracles, signs, wonders. His grandfather was a preacher, his father, his uncles, and he was a third generation preacher. And uh, he was the only one that was open to the moving of the spirit. He was full gospel, you know, Holy Ghost. And he was the only one that was open to it. And so I'm there at his church for the very first time. We never met each other. I get there. And uh, when I get there, the Holy Ghost just starts moving. You know, and I know he was kind of on the edge a little bit because obviously he doesn't know who I am from anybody. And he knew some of his family members would be in the services and they're preachers. I'm sure they're going to be judging me harshly. In fact, his, I think it was of his dad or his uncle, uh, after ha- attending one of the meetings, said, tell that preacher, that was pretty good preaching for a Pentecostal, <laughs> which I took as a compliment. But in the middle of that revival, and this was so powerful, because you can't fake this stuff. Remember this, you can't fake it. It's either God or it's not God. And one of those nights as we began to, to preach and stuff, the power of God hit that church, hit that sanctuary. And uh, people, and, and, and what I love about this night is that there were people of every age group in the service. There was old people there in their 70s and 80s. There were people, you know, 50s, 40s. There were kids there. And the Holy Ghost hit that service and the joy of the Lord hit that service. And I mean, people from his church that I don't know that he does know, the joy starts hitting them while we're ministering. And I mean, people start laughing all over that sanctuary. Old folk, and it wasn't like, you know, where if you wanted to write it off, like, well, the kids are laughing, they're just acting up. No, people in their 70s and 80s are laughing and holding their chest and holding their stomach laughing, tears coming down their face, they're taking their glasses off and, and wiping their face. And the joy of the Lord hit, and he's looking around. You know, he's kind of chuckling and looking at his people and, you know, he's, he can see it's not just the kids, but the old folks are laughing and the 50-year-olds are laughing and the 40-year-olds and the joy of the Lord's hitting the service. Power of God's moving. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching him. He's watching his people. And the joy of the Lord hits and the, you can't explain it because I'm not telling jokes. It's not a stand-up routine. I'm preaching the word. But as I'm preaching the word, joy is hitting the place. And people start getting free all over the sanctuary. People start catching the, the power of the Holy Ghost, starts hitting people, and uh, the power, and, and the anointing starts to move. Well, he starts laughing. Power of God hits him, hits his wife. They start laughing. Holy Ghost starts moving. Well, we start, the, the, the power of God now is taking us into the miracles that God wants to do. 
So we had a miracle line in the service. And uh, one, a girl came forward. We had everybody line up around the room as we normally do and come through the prayer line. Well, the first girl in the prayer line, she's like 17 years old. And she's got, in one ear, she's got a big hearing aid. And in the other ear, nothing. And she came up and she said, I want you to pray for me. She said, uh, I'm, com-, she said I'm, I'm almost all the way deaf in this ear with the hearing aid. Can't hear almost when it's out. I can, I have like maybe four or 5% of my hearing. She said the other ear, I don't have a hearing aid in it because it's completely deaf. I can't hear anything out of that ear. This is what she told me. And so it was interesting to me too, as early in my ministry, I was like, that's how we're going to start the prayer line. Like I can't warm up by like praying for some colds or an achy foot or something. We're starting with totally deaf people tonight. See, God knows how to get you out of your own head Get you out of your own way and let just let him move. Let him do what he wants to do. And so here's this girl. I said, well, take out the hearing aid that you have in. And uh, I put my fingers in her ears in that service. And I commanded the deafness to come out and for those ears to open up for the glory of God. I took, listen, when I took my fingers out of her ears this girl screamed like she was in a horror movie. I mean, it was like, ah! Her, both of her ears instantly popped open by the power of God. And she could hear perfectly instantly. Well, the pastor's standing next to me as we're praying for the people. She was the first person. After I prayed for her, he cut everybody else off in the prayer line and jumped in the line next. And lifted up his hands. This pastor lifted up his hands. I said, Pastor, what do you what do you want God to do for you? He said, Pray for me too. He said, I got a tumor behind my eardrum that's preventing me. I can't hear out of that ear because of the tumor. I put my finger in his ear where he said the tumor was behind the eardrum, and I cursed that tumor in the mighty name of Jesus and commanded it to dissolve and leave his body. When I did, I took that finger out of his ear and said, open in the mighty name of Jesus. Just like if you were to leave a tea kettle on the stove for too long. Brought to you by Bigelow Teas. Just like if you were to leave a tea kettle on the stove for too long, it started really low. He started, it, it was just like this. You know, he had his hands raised. I said, open in Jesus' name. He was like this. Just, just like that, just like that. And, and when he did, the power of God hit him. The ear instantly opened up. Well, then my faith went to another level. Girl, both her ears come open. Pastor behind her, his ear comes open. My faith goes to another level. I feel the gift of faith come upon me. Now, when he called me to schedule the meeting, I got the phone call and I thought, Maybe it's, maybe he's playing a joke. Maybe not. I'm glad I didn't say anything. But when he, when I answered the phone, talked to him, this pastor had a very severe stutter and it took him a good period of time to say what he wanted to say. And it was the weirdest thing. It would not be on him when he was preaching to his people. But then if he wasn't preaching, it would come back on him and it would just be a severe stutter. And, uh, when his ear opened like that, I felt the Holy Ghost come on me and I laid my hands right over his mouth 
and I begin to curse that stutter in the name of Jesus. I commanded it to leave and never come back. Man, when I laid hands on him, power of God hit that man of God, and he took off running around his own church building after I laid hands on him. I prayed. I said, God, burn that stutter out of his mouth in the mighty name of Jesus. He took off running around his church building. He took a couple of laps. I went on praying for the people. And after the second, I believe it was the second lap, he, instead of coming running back to where I was in the prayer line, he ran up onto the platform and while, and there was music going and everything else. And he stops, he grabs a mic off of one of the mic stands and comes up and stands on the edge of the platform in a preaching position, like he's preaching. And he just starts shouting into the microphone, I'm going to have a salad with Italian dressing, a salad with Italian dressing, just like that. Just like that. He said exactly those words. And I'm looking at his wife and turn around looking at him and he's up there with a microphone. I'm going to have a salad with Italian dressing, a salad with Italian dressing. And I'm like, what in the world? I said to his wife, I said, is he hungry? Do we need to get him a snack or something? What's, what's going on? She said, no, brother Ted, he's saying things that he could not say before. He's saying tongue twisters, things that would tie his tongue before. He's saying things that would before cause him to stutter. And instantly, not only did his ear open up, but also the stutter had to go. The stutter had to leave him. And I noticed that the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> Hallelujah. I noticed that the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost opened the door for miracles and signs and wonders. The joy of the Lord is our strength. See, in his presence, see, it's one of the signs, by the way, one of the things I want you to get. It's one of the signs of his presence. Psalm 16 and verse 11, you can turn there if you want, but I'm going to read it to you. Psalm 16 it's not just our strength, but it's a sign of God's presence. He's here. He's here. And when he's here, you feel his joy when his presence is activated. When we literally, when we make way or when we yield ourselves to the presence and the power of God, then what he does begins to happen and manifest. And one of those things is overwhelming joy. Psalm 16, 11, I'll start with verse 10. Listen to this. No, I'll read verse 11. Uh, you will make known to me the path of life. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So in his presence <laughs> is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So one of the things you understand is the joy of the Lord is a sign that his presence is moving. His presence is activated, the joy of the Lord, the joy. That's why they said in the Old Testament, when God set them free by his mighty power, they said in Psalm 126, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. <laughs> and it was said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. So when God moves, he'll fill your mouth with laughter and he'll fill your tongue with singing. And the joy of the Lord, hallelujah, I feel this thing tonight, man. The joy of the Lord is a sign of the presence of God at work. It's a sign of the presence of God at work. See, as you praise him, as you praise him, 
That's one of the things that activates his presence. I love when um, uh, I love I love what uh, Bishop Boydepo said. He said praise is the cheapest access into the presence of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when the joy of the Lord is in operation, then signs and wonders and miracles begin to take place. Because see, it's the sign that the presence of the Lord is there. He'll fill your mouth with laughter and your tongue with singing. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. It is like medicine to your physical body. You can literally have a joy that'll bring you right into healing. You can have a joy that'll bring you right into deliverance. You can literally walk in joy and step right into your freedom by the power of the Holy Ghost. It is the access that you have. It's part of what the Bible, Apostle Paul said, it's it's an element that makes up the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, (laughs) and joy in the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you, when you catch the fire of the Holy Ghost, the joy of God, see, if you'll praise him, you should, just as just as you cut out time in your day to pray, you should cut out time to praise him. You should cut out time to praise him because prayer is powerful, but it can never match the power of praise. Prayer can never match the power of praise. Remember this, God answers our prayers, but he lives in our praise. It's important that you remember that. You can write it in the comments. God answers our prayers but he lives in our praise. He lives in our praise. Do you know, I truly believe this, that if people would do more praising, there would be things they wouldn't have to pray for. Hear what I'm saying. If people would do more praising and worshiping of God, there would be things they would not have to pray for. Do you know, I believe that if people would praise him on a regular basis, healing would flow through their body regularly regularly because he inhabits your praises. He's just there inhabiting your praise. You're activating his presence. I truly believe if people would praise him and worship him more often, then they wouldn't have to ask God to give them peace from uh, uh, depression and anxiety attacks and panic attacks. People in this generation want to jump right into worship and worship is something you can't jump right into. You I always say it this way, you cannot worship God until you've sufficiently praised him. Do you know even in the Old Testament, God had his own order and his own way when you came into the temple? There was the outer court, then there was the inner court, and then there was the Holy of Holies. You had to come into his gates with thanksgiving and then into his courts with praise. So you didn't jump into the Holy of Holies, which represents the most holy place, the worship. You didn't just jump straight in there. You had to start with thanksgiving. Then you had to come through praise. And you're not qualified to worship a God that you've not sufficiently praised. And so we have a lot of churches. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to many, 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 many places where everybody wants to just go straight into a slow, draggy, soulish worship. The reason it's not spiritual worship is because God's not qualified you to step in there yet because you've not done what he said in his word, which is to praise him first. And if you'd praise him first, so you can't even have spiritual worship unless you've engaged in spiritual praise. He said that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So not in... 
we don't worship him in soul. We don't worship him in flesh. We worship him in spirit. But you can't worship him in spirit if you've not started by praising him in spirit. Praise comes first. You know what comes before praise? Thanksgiving. We thank him. We praise him. We worship him. If we would just go by his order, if we would just do what his word says, there would be so many things that people would not have to pray about or pray for. Do you realize, and I totally believe this, if you would create an atmosphere and a culture of praise in your own life and in your own house, depression has to leave you. It can't stay on you. How do I know? In his presence is fullness of joy. I honestly believe this. And I'm not saying, you know, there's people that will argue with you. There's Christian people that will argue with you. Well, brother, it's a hereditary thing or it's a it's a chemical imbalance. or And they just simply won't believe what the word says, that there is a spirit of heaviness. There is a spirit of fear. And you can combat those with the power of your praise and step into joy. And when you step into joy, guess what? Depression has to run out the back door. Panic attacks have to run out the back door. You know, suicidal thoughts have to run out the back door. Why? Because joy is an overwhelming force that kicks them out. Take time. You know, that's why I don't I don't listen to a whole lot of worship worship music. I'm talking about slow worship. I don't listen to a whole lot of it. You see the stuff that I play on here. This is the kind of stuff I'm listening to all the time. I'm playing the praise stuff. Why? Because it carries power. They used to call it deliverance music. Deliverance music. I don't play the old, you, you know, I don't play the the uh, the slow, soulish, I'm so unworthy of your praise. I, I don't want to listen to that. I want to listen to something that's got some power. I want to listen to something that's going to get somebody set free. I want to... I I want, when I praise God, I want to focus on him, not me. Why would I focus on me in a praise song? Why would I focus on me in a worship song? Did you ever think that to yourself? Why would we ever focus on us in a worship song? Why would we ever focus on us in a praise song? We're praising him. We're worshiping him. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about what he's done because yeah, just like that. We just sang it. I played that brother Hagen clip at the beginning. They sang, look what the Lord has done. People are probably tired of that song since the nineties. I'm not, I still sing it and I feel the power on it. People are probably tired of hearing when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, what, how he set me free, I could dance, dance, dance. I'm not tired of it. I'm not tired of it. I I'm still thinking about Jesus. I'm still thinking about what he's done for me. I could still dance all night. And do often. I don't mind dancing, sweating these suits up. People are so prim and proper in church and they've gotten so dignified they can't even praise the Lord anymore. I like what David said, who who held the highest position in the kingdom. He was the king. And he said, I will get more undignified than this before it's over. Love you, brother Mark. Love you very much. And I thank God for these, these testimony stories and what God's done. I thank God for it. Brother Mark, I was just sharing the story. I don't know if you were on when we had that revival in, 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 uh, up in Presque Isle and uh, the power of God hit. My mom danced all over the altar, danced until, and then the service was over. She was still dancing. You remember that, Brother Mark? Power of God hit. I thank God for the joy of the Lord. 
I'll get more even I'll get even more undignified than this before it's over. Yeah, you hear the stuff I play on here. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm unashamed. Look what the Lord has done. When I think about Jesus, I want to sing things about Jesus. I want to th- sing about what he's done for us. I want to th- I want to sing things about redemption. You know, that's why those that's why those uh, hymns about the blood are so powerful. Because we're singing about the redemptive power of Christ. Hey, you, I know I knew you'd remember that. What a powerful service. And I'm telling you, we start singing those songs and you say, well, I don't understand why it's just something about those old songs. It's just an anointing. The, the thing about them is that they focused on Jesus. They focused on his blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. You start singing about him. I'm not singing about me. These new songs. What have I ever done to hurt you, Lord? It's like, why are you focusing on you? So unworthy of your presence. It's like, what in the world? That's not a worship song. Sing about what he's done. Sing about his power. Sing about his glory. Sing about his might. Sing about miracles. Amen. Sing something that's got some joy attached to it for crying out loud. I mean, sing something that's going to bring you into victory. Because there's too many people that are literally battling in their mind. I don't want to come into a church after all of these, I've been out all week in a world full of depression and in a world full of anxiety and a world full of fear and come into a church that's also dragging me through the mud with their worship service. I want something that's got life on it. I want something that's got joy on it. I want something that's going to get me moving towards victory. And that's what they did in the Old Testament, the New Testament. That's what we should still be doing today. Focus. When we praise God, when we praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people. Not only that, you can fill yourself with the word. Jeremiah said, Lord, I ate your word, and it became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your word was found, and I did eat it. Hallelujah. I preach at all kinds of churches, Jacob. I'm not a pastor. Yeah, whiny songs. We can't do the whiny songs. And so, you you know, you understand Jeremiah said, I found your words and I ate them and they became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul or my heart. There's my mom. Mom, I was telling the story of when you danced all night at Mars Hill. Danced and danced and danced. Service was over, you were still dancing. Power of God hit. Why? Joy brings strength. Let me give you these because I I could talk about this all night. I'm not going to keep you all night, but I want to show you this because you need it. Number one, joy brings hope. Joy brings hope. Listen to Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So you, you look what Paul's saying to the Romans. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll abound in hope. So when you're filled with joy and peace, according to the apostle Paul inspired by the spirit, you are abounding in hope. You know what they're trying to do right now in every news report, everything you read on the news, everything you see on the news, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to show you a hopelessness. Well, we just don't know when this is going to end. Even if we do open, you know, you got guys, who is that up, blowing my mind? 
We may not, we may not fully open until 2021, 2022. You're out of your mind. What are they trying to do? It's a hopelessness that the enemy tries to uh, sweep over your mind. Hopelessness. You're never going to make it out of this. There's, it's never going to go back to normal. You're never going to get better. Nothing's ever going to work out. Not, if it wasn't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. Every, every word that the devil speaks to you tries to bring a hopelessness into your mind. But the Bible says, may the God of hope, notice he's the God of hope, fill you with all joy all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's right, Jacob. The devil is a liar. He's a liar. So notice this, when you're filled with joy and peace, you abound in hope. You can't let your hope be stolen from you when you're full of joy and full of peace. It's one of the most important things you can understand. Joy is there to keep you in your Hope, hallelujah. Number two, I've already covered this. It keeps you in your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. When you walk in the joy of the Holy Ghost, you're walking in supernatural strength. Joy comes upon you and strength comes upon you. Weakness comes when fear and doubt and unbelief and depression comes. That's how it works. It saps you of that strength, saps you of that strength. And that's not God's plan because you're called to win battles. You're called to fight and win, and you will win in Jesus' name. Number three, joy brings you deliverance, brings you deliverance. Listen to Psalm 30 and verse five. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor, hallelujah, lasts a lifetime, Weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes with the morning. So notice the joy shifts you out of a moment of weeping and darkness, brings you into light and brings you into victory. Deliverance comes with joy. Thank you, Lord. Deliverance comes. I prayed for a kid at an altar one time in Tennessee, and this kid was standing there at the altar. Looked just as, I mean, he looked just as fine as any other young man you'd ever see. He, he didn't look like he was depressed. He didn't look like he was suicidal. But I had prayed for everybody in the building and the Lord said, you're not done. I said, well, Lord, I've prayed for everybody. He said, go down there and lay hands on that kid. He was about 17. Looked like he was a football player. And he said, lay hands on him and curse a spirit of depression and command suicidal thoughts to leave. Well, I went down only by faith because he didn't look suicidal. He didn't have black makeup and black clothes and sitting around looking like a hot topic model. No, I went down there and laid hands on him. And I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And I spoke to that depression, that anxiety. And I spoke to that, to those suicidal thoughts. And as I'm doing that, have my hand on his head, it looked like nothing was happening. And all of a sudden from the bottom, he start. I mean, he starts shaking. I mean, he starts quaking. Underneath, this was at a youth camp, tons of youth there, a couple, couple few hundred youth. And he's sitting there shaking. All of a sudden, he takes off dancing back and forth across the front of the altar, back and forth across the front. And I turned to one of the youth leaders. I said, you know how I know that's the Holy Ghost? He said, how do you know that that's the Holy Ghost, not his flesh? 
I said, see all those 17-year-old girls standing over there on the front row that are watching him? I said, there ain't no 17-year-old boy in the country that's willing to dance and make a fool out of himself in front of potential girlfriends unless that's the Holy Ghost. He came back and gave us his testimony, and this was it. He said, I don't go to any of these churches that are putting on this youth event. He said, I'm here because my friend invited me. I was sitting on my father's bed. He said, they, my parents were out of town. I found my father's handgun, loaded it, racked one into the chamber, and had the barrel against my temple. I was ready to, to pull the trigger, and my phone buzzed. And he said, it was my friend from this church, and he invited me to this camp. And uh, he said, I, I'll do one more thing. I'll do one more thing before I kill myself. I'll go have friend with my fun with my friend for one more week. And when I come home, I'm going to pull the trigger. But what the devil didn't realize is that that was his last opportunity to steal that young man's life. When he came to that altar and the power of God touched his spirit, all depression had to go. All anxiety had to go. Suicidal thoughts had to go. And the joy of the Lord became his strength. And it became his deliverance. And it became his hope. Hallelujah. And the joy of the Lord will do the same for you. The joy of the Lord will do the same for you. Fill you with hope, fill you with peace, and it'll fill you with strength. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. I'm telling you, the power of God, the power of God's moving right now. I feel the anointing right where I'm sitting, and I know you feel it right where you are. I'm going to pray because I'm not going to miss what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's touching you right now. Father, I pray for every person watching me right now. I loose the joy of the Holy Ghost into every heart, into every soul, every person that's watching, into their spirit. I loose the joy of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the mighty joy of the Holy Ghost, which is our strength. I pray now that you'd fill every one of us with the overwhelming peace and joy of the Spirit of God. Lord, whatever it was, that stood against your children before tonight. I command it to leave and never come back again in Jesus' mighty name. Depression, go. Fear, anxiety, go. Suicidal thoughts, loose your grip tonight in Jesus' name. For those of you that felt the same, like the story I told at the beginning of this broadcast, you felt like almost like it's a mental breakdown or a nervous breakdown. I take authority over that in Jesus' name. And that spirit of heaviness and that spirit of fear has to release you tonight in Jesus' name. I command you to be made whole, be made free. I lose strength to every person watching. Hallelujah. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight in the mighty name of Jesus with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I lose rest and I lose peace to you. <laughs> I lose peace. Let this be the greatest night of rest they've had in a long time, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, the greatest night of rest that they've ever had by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you. I feel it, Kayla. I feel it also. The power of God's moving. Power of God's moving on his people. In Jesus' mighty name. We declare it. We call it done. We call it done. We call it done in Jesus' name. Now, let me show you one more thing. Listen to this, Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to verse 19. Jeremiah 30, 19. 
out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving. This is Jeremiah 30 and verse 19. Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving. And the voices of those who celebrate, I will multiply them. Thank you, Lord. And they shall not be few. I will make them honored and they shall not be small. Out of the voices of those that celebrate and sing, I will multiply them and they'll not be few. I'll multiply them. They'll not be few. I'll multiply them. They'll not be few. I will make them honored and they'll not be small. Let me give you one more before we do anything else. Psalm 67. Your blessing, your increase is in your praise and in your joy. Listen to this. Psalm 67 verses 5 through 7. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth will yield its increase and God, our God, will bless us. God shall bless us and the ends of the earth will fear him. (laughs) Hallelujah. As the joy of the Lord comes upon you, as you begin to praise the Lord, the earth has to yield its increase. It has to yield its increase. Something takes place when you walk in the joy and the praise of God. And that is God, our God, shall bless us. And the ends of the earth will see it. Hallelujah. Love you too, Brother Glenn. The earth will see it and be glad. And I'm I'm wrapping it up here, but I got to show you this. Because everything's connected to your joy. Everything's connected to your praise. It's all interconnected. God begins to move when you activate his presence. God begins to move when you activate his presence. And see, one of the things that I found, the seeds that we sow into the kingdom of God, the enemy would love for us to feel obligated to do it as though it's just our duty, though we have to, we're manipulated, we're forced into sowing financial seed. Because he knows that if he can make us do it out of a manipulation or pressure, that's why Paul warned them in in 2 Corinthians 9. He said, don't give in response to manipulation or pressure for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful, a full of joy, a hilarious giver. And the reason he said that is because Paul understood a concept in the Old Testament that God blesses a cheerful giver, but his worthless deeds will come to nothing or they'll they'll come to an end. The exact opposite of what God does with your seed. He multiplies that and sends it back to you in enlarged. But that's a seed. But when you have the joy of your given giving stolen from you by manipulation or pressure, turns it into a worthless deed, the Bible says. And those things do not come back. Those things don't produce a harvest. Never give out of response to pressure or manipulation. No, give because the Holy Spirit is leading you to give. Thank you, Brother Ben. See, people are already feeling it. Brother Ben's sowing a seed. Many of you feel it in your spirit. Part of our joy is our giving. A cheerful giver. A hilarious giver. And so there's people right now, the Lord's speaking to you to do something large by faith. To step out in faith and do something large.
The information's on the screen if you'd like to do it and follow Brother Ben's uh, example tonight. But when you step into joy, there is an anointing to give. There's an anointing to sow that continues reproducing that joy over and over again. I love the amplified version of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Because this is where they recounted the words of Jesus. We always just hear it like this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you've heard that scripture before, you know what I'm talking about. But he said it's more blessed to give than receive. But I started looking at this in uh, the Amplified. Let me read it to you. And the Lord's already speaking to people to sow. Do what the Lord tells you to do. But listen to this. Book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35. They're recounting, by the way, the words of Jesus. And they said, it's the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed, makes one happier and more to be envied to give than to receive. It makes one happier. I love that. You're more blessed when you give. Those who give are more blessed than those who receive. Makes one happier, more to be envied, those that give. You see that? There's a joy that comes upon God's people. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Caitlin. There's a joy that comes upon God's people when they give. It's supernatural. It doesn't come any other way. There's a joy that comes from giving. Did you notice that the exact opposite is true also? When the Lord speaks to you to give something and you refuse to do it, it actually steals your joy. Matthew, 9, uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 22, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. He said, I've done everything I can do. to How, do I, how can I inherit eternal life? He said, uh, keep the commandments. He said, the law, I've, I've done that since I was a young boy. He said, you lack one thing. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. That's the only man in the New Testament God ever told that. Only one. Nobody else. No disciples, no Christians, just this man. Because he knew money had a hold on his life. He said, sell all you have, give it to the poor. And the Bible says, and he went away sorrowful for he had many possessions. Notice what happened. The Holy Spirit put his finger on an instruction in that man's life. And when he didn't do it, his joy left him. He went away sorrowful, not full of joy, full of sorrow. It's a test. It was a test for him. But anytime God gives us an instruction, it's always a test of our heart. And so I want you to pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you sow. It's going to be different for everybody. It's going, to be, it's going to be different for every person watching. But do that. Say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Where am I tonight where you want me to step out by faith so that you can bring a harvest that will take me to my next level? Where am I tonight? What's going to bring the joy into my life tonight? What seed, what instruction from heaven? And then as he speaks to you, do what he tells you to do. You can use hashtag donate as Brother Ben did. Cash app is available. Uh, also, Venmo is available. Info at miracleword.com. That's our PayPal information. And always, you can go to miracleword.com and click on the give page. Or if you'd like to partner with us and be an answer to my prayers and Carolyn's prayers, we're praying for people that'll stand with us. Many are already doing that. In fact, I put this up because I like people to be able to see that there are 
I don't mind showing you that there's people that are already standing with us. Many people. Do you know I, I couldn't even put them all in? I tried to put all of our partners into this program to run their names across the bottom and the number of partners crashed the program. Couldn't put that many names in. But these are many of our partners here that are standing with us on a monthly, some on a uh, twice, like once every two weeks. But do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And if you feel to be one of those that sows on a monthly basis, we say thank you. We say a big thank you. This is the last night, of course, of April. And uh, everybody this month that's sowing $100 or more, we're sending you that book by Dr. Mark Hitchcock, The End. And of course, tomorrow we're going to have something brand new for uh, the month of May. But this end, this book on the end times will bless you. This is our gift to you that are partnering with us this month. And then, of course, everybody that's sowing $1,000 or more, one of my favorite tools, we talked about it today. In the, if you missed that, I did a whole broadcast today on how to uh, do better Bible study, gave you some tips, tricks, and tools for more effective Bible study. This was one of the resources we mentioned, but we're going to send you a genuine leather edition of the Life Application Study Bible in uh, the New Living Translation, one of my now top uh, three favorite resources for studying the Bible. And uh, we're going to send you that. Those that are, we're going to make that out to your family. Those that are sowing a thousand dollars or more this month, uh, it will bless you. Oh man, I wish I'd have brought it in. Carolyn, if you're watching, can you bring me one of the books? Are you there, Carolyn? Maybe I'll have to text her. I wanted to show you. My books finally came to me. Let me see if she would be willing to do it. She's an angel. She's with the kids watching the Bible series. Um, I was so happy. Amazon arrived on the porch today, and uh, it was my box of books. And I, you, a bunch of you had already gotten them. I'd not even held one in my hand yet. So I got to finally, <laughs> I got to finally look through uh, further faster today for the very first time. And um, <laughs> she said, "Oh yes, thank you, Carolyn." And um, I was so happy. I didn't, even, I didn't even get to see it. It turned out very, very nice. I was very happy with the production. Printed in the U.S. of A. Anybody up in uh, Massachusetts still watching? The uh, the book was printed in North Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Thank you. A beautiful hand just ejected. I asked them. I asked them. Thank you. You're such an angel. You're a wonderful woman. Look at that. The brand new book is here. Further faster. I am so happy that this is done. I wanted to say to you that one of the things we're doing for those that are partnering with us at $1,000 or more is this is the paperback copy of this book, and I love it. It came out so good. For the first time ever, we're doing a hardcover with a dust jacket version of one of our books, and it's not for sale. They're limited edition, and they're going only to those who have partnered with us, and I'm, I'm making these out to you, but this is a brand new book. If you didn't know, the foreword is by my friend, Pastor Joel Stockstill. I don't know if you can see it there. Probably not because the camera won't focus on it. There it is. Forward by Pastor Joel Stockstill, uh, my friend. And I don't think there was anybody that I'd rather have write 
the forward. He is also, I believe he's a fourth generation minister of the gospel. And uh, his whole family's in ministry just like mine. I respect him very much and I love him. And he was very kind to write the, the forward to the book. So happy to see it. We give you all kinds of resources in here. And um, I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on this. But for everybody that's stepping up and sowing largely to see the gospel preached around the world, we're not just sending you the Bible, but a hardcover copy of the book. And I'm very, very excited about that. And I love you guys so much. I'm going to be back on in the morning, 1030. Carolyn is going to be back with me in the morning again. Uh, and then we're stepping into May Bible study. If you guys just logged on, by the way, this year, and you hadn't been here in the beginning, don't forget, tomorrow begins our New Testament challenge. We're reading the New Testament in 30 days. Uh, those of you that need the Bible reading uh, challenge uh, list, we're going to be emailing it out in the morning. So if you're on our email list, you don't have to do anything. It'll come to you in the morning. If you're not on the list yet, go to miracleword.com forward slash study. That's a page we've created with videos to supplement uh, your Bible study time. Uh, and you can sign up to receive emails and you'll get the uh, the PDF printout tomorrow in the email for what we're doing for the month. So don't miss this. Plus, brand new stuff for the kids. Miracle Word Kids starts tomorrow. And there'll be more information about that in the email you're going to get as well. So don't miss it, man. I'm very excited. Very, very excited for the month of May. It's our month for miracles. Do one more thing before I go. Put it in the comments. May is my month for miracles. By faith. Let's finish with a confession of faith. And then I'm going to sit back and watch this. I got a longer version of that Brother Hagen video where the joy of the Lord hit and he began to move and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I got a longer, longer version. May is my month for miracles. Put it in the comments before we go. By faith. That's it. May is my month for miracles. And we're going to see it in Jesus' name. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Violent increase, expedited favor. Thanks to everybody that's sown seeds. I appreciate it. Everybody that's partnering with us, I love you. And I appreciate it. Yes, May is my month for miracles. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, and let me say this. If you guys didn't know it, we got all new non-stop mom mugs in the store carolyn's getting ready to ship them out with a little bit of a treat on the inside if you wanted to check those out they're available again thank you caitlin love you so much look at that new tumblers for the kids as well May's my month for miracles thank you lord jesus i believe it i receive it it's gonna be the greatest month we've had this year in jesus name now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.